Welcome to the Glow Up Effect podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Diana. Here at the Glow Up Effect, we're diving deep into mindset shifts, inspiration, and daily actions to help you thrive in your everyday. Let's get down to business and let's claim your glow up, girl. Hello, hello, everyone. Today, we are picking up where we left off with Suheili of the Dinero Chronicles. I had a lot of my followers on Instagram submit questions that they were dying to hear about money. So we are going to dive right into that. And without further ado, let's welcome Zuhaili. All right, everyone, welcome back. Today, I am touching base with Zuhaili again, and we're going to do those listener questions that we talked about at the end of last episode. So we're really excited to jump into those. How are you today, Zuhaili? I'm very well. Thank you for asking. How about yourself? Good. The last episode was a hit, so I'm really excited to get these listener questions in, and they'll be like, oh, that was my question. Thank you for saving saving my life. Um, So the first one actually I had here was, should you keep saving and pay down debt um, incrementally or pay down debt aggressively, like focus all your energy on paying down debt? So for that, there are two methods that I've spoken on on Dinero Chronicles, and there's this idea of snowball mm. or avalanche. And basically, it's one method you pay down the bare minimum of all of like all of the other different debts that you have, mm-hmm. and then you focus all your energy on the other one. So you pay more than the bare minimum. Um, I am personally a very aggressive down pain person like once Mm -hmm. I focus on it I really focus on the highest interest because at the end of the day if I don't get that debt down I'll end up paying double than what I actually owe so I'm losing money regardlessly right so that's the way I think about it um I would say if you're the type of person who needs instant gratification Mm -hmm. then maybe focusing on your lowest amount of debt that you own um while you paying the bare minimum of the rest is probably the best route for you. It really just knowing what's going to make you feel good while you're paying down debt, because it's not, it's not an easy process and you're going to have to be limited to a certain extent. So you might as well figure out what works for you and you can do both. So I, I, I definitely do mix it up every once in a while. Um, depending like what are my goals for that month? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's hard when the interest comes into play because Mm -hmm. You're like, okay, it's just a couple of dollars. And then like you keep swiping and it just climbs up and you're like, shit. Exactly. Uh, so the next question is, how do I save money with all my expenses and added debt? So this is a question of survival. <laughs> <laughs> same girl, same. Um, I automate everything. Mm-hmm. So I have all of my savings automated. Just because I, for way too many years, I trusted myself to like transfer money manually. And then I never got to the transferring money manually. I would just like keep spending. Um, So now I just automate like from my paycheck. So even if it's as little as $20 um, to my savings account, that's not in my um, Bank of America account. So I don't even see the amount that I have saved up so far. That's, I know that's already done. Like, I don't even have to think about it. So I would say if that's an issue for you that you have to think about saving, if you want to get rid of that pressure and stressor for yourself, then just automate it. Yeah. Yeah, because it's a lot like of- out of mind. Exactly. Yeah. And a lot of times you just call your HR um, if you're in a salary position and you just get that um, set up for you. Nice, nice. 
This question is a little um, last minute throwing at me, but okay. it's regarding like couples. And so they're two people trying to save jointly. Mm. Um, so what would you think just from like your research and your findings, like how do you think approaching this is the best approach? Should they do it each on their own individually? Should they do a joint savings? Like, should they each get side hustles? I'm talking about this and I'm like, I could probably take some of this advice. Those who Haley better slay <laughs> Um, I would say majority of people like to have their own personal accounts yeah, and then sure. have one joint account together. Mm-hmm. I think if you're living together, you're sharing expenses on a regular, it makes sense to have a joint account. Mm-hmm. Um, but personally, I just also think you should just have your own money. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I would, I'm just, I have trust issues. I, especially with money. I'm just like, I need to know that I, I got myself first. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I think most people do decide to have that. I think it's, it will be a bit irresponsible to have all of your money together um, just because you just don't know. And especially yeah. like when you, you, when you start bringing in, like you have children together, like you want to make sure that you can take care of your loved ones um, separately and together at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like for me, like I, we, in my relationship, we manage our money separately and then we just Venmo each other money. <laughs> um, right. And, and like for the side hustle part, like Raymond does Uber and I do dog walking. I cancel dog walking in the, um, what's it called? In the winter because it's too cold for that. But it's too cold for that. Um, I actually live in like a really dog and work in a very dog friendly neighborhood. So like on my lunch breaks, which is the time I'd be like sitting on Netflix anyways, like I'll go walk a dog or two, um, you know, and that's like right. 25 bucks I didn't have from sitting in my desk watching Netflix or like looking at Nordstrom rack sales. <laughs> so I love that. Are really fun because you can get creative. Like there's so much things out there now. That's very that's true. My own, that's my own little life hack there with the side hustles. Um, not people, not everyone loves dogs. So it's not your key. I'm sorry. <laughs> this next one is money related, but it has a lot to do with living in Boston because we know that's crazy expensive. This way to shaking her head. Shaking so my head. Oh, living God. in Boston is really expensive. How much percentage of our income should we really be spending on rent is the question. So all the research points to 30%. Okay. And I will say now that I'm looking into like moving out myself, mm-hmm. I don't know what fucking city they're looking at. Wait, yeah. can I swear here? Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like I'm looking at a tent on uh, Airbnb. I'm like, <laughs> it's just, even when you're looking for a room, mm-hmm. it's just damn near impossible. So I'm really just striving for like, 50% of my income mm-hmm. because I know then I will still be able, I don't, I don't have, I only have my student loan debt at this point because I, I'm, I'm, I don't have any credit card debt, but, um, I was very intentional about that. So mm-hmm. I, I, you, you have to really sit down and figure out how much can you realistically be able to spend? Like what is the maximum Mm-hmm. to the point that you're not going to be like trying to survive every single month that like, you're good. Yeah. And for me, like 50% of what I make um, on a monthly basis, I- I'll still be more than okay. If I do get in some like credit card debt, um, yeah. I'll still be able to pay that off. So the research says 30, 
But if you live in Boston, it's most likely going to be a bit higher than 50% of your income. It's just kind of, it is what it is. Yeah. And I had to say, I don't know if you posted this on your feed or on your story, but it was like a comparison of like all the major cities in the U.S. or like a lot of the poppin' like major cities and mm-hmm. like the, the dollar per square foot that per you square get. foot. And Boston was like basically almost basically like incrementally underneath New York, which notoriously New York is like the most expensive. Exactly. So yep. that's crazy. I'm going to find that and reshare it so people can find it because it's rough out here. <laughs> it is rough out here. Yeah, I think I posted it as a story. So I'm like, that is some shit. That is some shit. Yeah. yeah. And it, it doesn't seem to matter how many roommates you have. Like, you're still going to be paying at least $600. Yeah, it's so, so much. Oh yeah, God. now that I'm, like, like, getting into that world, I'm like, damn. And, like, how many roommates is enough roommates to be able to cover rent? Like, I might as well just stay living with my eight-family member house. Right. So, yeah. Um, so, you were talking about student loan debt and uh, mm-hmm. how you're working towards that that's really great uh do you think that student loan debt is something that someone who's obviously juggling all the things paying the rent paying um transportation stuff like that should they be adding that onto their plate of things to aggressively pay down like should they rush to pay it off or do you think that they should just chip away at it in years to come because for me for example i have a lot going on and to mm-hmm. me i'm like oh it's just another bill because it's it's mostly federal loans Perfect. I, you responded it so beautifully. Yeah, I think if you have federal um, loans, you don't have to be necessarily too aggressive with it. Um, but if you have private loans, I would say, please just pay it off. Yeah. Because it's just, you're really doing yourself a disservice. And the older we get, just the more responsible, financial responsibilities we're going to have. And that amount is only going to get higher because you're not paying down interest. You're not even paying down the principal loan mm-hmm. amount. So um, I, I my, myself, I also have federal loans, which is why I've been able to like chill out for a couple of years and focus on other things. But now it's become more a priority just because I, I'm not going to graduate with graduate loans because I'm paying for it now. And I just want to be able to graduate and have zero type of student student debt. Yeah, I feel but, yeah. sometimes you just get so overwhelmed because the figure is so big. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do agree with that. Like the the private loan spectrum, them interest rates are not a joke. They're not a joke. I had borrowed one when I was like a sophomore in college through Citizens Bank. Mm-hmm. And it was to live on campus. And essentially, they were like, okay, like, here's your $8,000. But just so you know, by the time you graduate and like pay this off, like in a couple of years, uh, which is going to be forever, it's actually going to be $18,000 you pay us. So thanks. Oh, (laughs) Um, and my mom, like helped me pay it off. So I don't no longer have that one. But Jesus, like, I was like, how do you your mom came through? ten thousand dollars in interest in interest yeah they purposely want you to take forever to pay it off like mm-hmm. exactly no card is ever rushing you like hey we'll give you an amazon gift card if you pay this off today exactly yeah i would say if i would give one quick tip um it would be even if you're making the bare minimum payment on federal or private try to make at least one extra payment just mm-hmm. to cover even a little bit more for the interest rate um a lot of the times I did that for my credit card and I would call to make sure that 
whatever I was paying was going to the principal amount, not interest coverage, because that's what they love to do too. Like they have a certain amount allotted for interest and then all, you end up just paying money on interest and where you're like, why isn't my principal amount coming down? And it's, that's why like a lot of the times you just have to call and let them know like whatever money I'm paying now, I want it for um, the actual amount. Oh, that's the neat. principal. Oh my God. Yeah. I have to look into that. Oh God. You <laughs> if you saw my mint, <laughs> mint account. Oh my God. Okay. So lastly, the question is about investing. So where does someone who has no clue on investing get started? Mm -hmm. Well, me, honestly, um, I use Acorns, um, which is a robot advisor um, application. And that basically works on, it uses the chump chains on the charges that you have to link cards to the account. And it invests that money into different industries. So it could be healthcare, it could be education. Um, You're not going to know in specifically which companies and how your money is being invested. Interesting. Okay. Um, so if that's like a concern for you, then it's just not the thing for you. Okay. Like, right. It's worked for me. Cause like I've had it for a little over a year and I have over a thousand dollars invested and you could pull that money whenever you want. Okay. Um, and it's worked pretty great for me. I will say, it's better if you don't touch that money because it's just like it keeps growing. Yeah. And I would only advise people or recommend this app for people who have, who don't tend to go under $50 on their checkings. Mm-hmm. Like if you just, if you're living like a five to $10 on any given day on your credit card or debit card, um, I just don't recommend it because they don't send you any type of notifi- notifications when they are going to pull money. Mm-hmm. And it could be anything from $1 to like $5 or like chump change, but you just don't know. Yeah. And so you, none of us are out here trying to get an overdraft fee. Yeah. It's going to catch you off guard. Yep. Yep. So, um, really knowing how much money do you like leave there on a weekly basis? Yeah. Because depending how many expenses you make, um, that's how much a, a little small fraction is was going to go into the investing portfolio. And you could change it. There's like moderate conservative or aggressive. And I have, um, conservative right now. Mm. Acorns. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sometime, sometime 2020 I'll check out acorns. <laughs> I'm, I'm currently on the job hunt. I was telling Zaley. So hopefully this job hunt turns out well and yes. I'm going to clear the bag because let me tell you them salary negotiations. <laughs> Actually, speaking of salary negotiations, this is not in the notes I sent you, sorry. Um, But speaking to like Latinas and women, like you do a lot of um, empowerment in that area on your page as well. Like, can Mm -hmm. you tell us a little bit about what you've learned about like how underpaid Latinas are in comparison to like the typical American man? Yeah, so. um... So it was like, wow, you just threw a (laughs) curveball. No, it's because like it's it's a topic that I think a lot of people don't touch upon. And I mean, rightly so, showing, showing our presence within American history is a very complex one. So I would see why this is still not something that is mainstream, mm-hmm. but Latinas, um, female identified Latinas do, are getting paid the lowest across all women of color. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's complex because we are in this group with like women of color and what does that mean? Right. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like people don't even get down to 
the Latina group. Like we're just kind of like some mixed type of like ethnic group that's like, yep, they're in there. Yeah. Let's just pay them whatever they in and like that's that's about it. Mm-hmm. Um and that really takes a play into when we're going in for jobs and when we're going in for salary negotiations. Like for myself, it's a very difficult conversation to bring up because the statistics yeah, they're like, they're there. The numbers are there for sure. Um, but it's kind of like having that, it's a lot of educating people. Like even when you go into the salary negotiations, like people act, I don't know if they don't know, but you yeah. actually have to sit there and educate them. And then you have to let them know, like, why is this a problem? And then you have to let them know, okay, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. So it's, and I'm sure all the other groups also have that problem to a certain extent. Um, but I think it's, it's really up to us to keep educating ourselves on what that gap is. What does that gap mean? And what does that gap mean personally to you? Because we all have very different work experiences, um, educational experiences that all takes into play when you are negotiating your salary. Yeah. And um, you really do have to be proactive out in these streets. Like you just can't expect people to pay you what you're worth. Um, and you really have to advocate that in a lot of different spaces and you have to trust that other people are willing to advocate for you as well. So that, this is why I'm out here just networking. Um, because that's really going to take, it takes you to a whole other level and it, and it really does weigh, it has its own power. Yeah. 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 Like you mentioned, like advocate for yourself because it's just like, it's a whole other ball game and you have to know what you bring to the table and that your skill set is specific and special to that role and what you're bringing to the table so right you just have you can't be fearful in that manner and that's something I have a problem with too oh trust me I I'm still like um yeah sure let's go with that and then I'm like so Haley what are you doing no Listen. like it's it's that constant <laughs> mental and like almost emotional um battle because I think uh, correct me if I'm wrong but at least um in the Dominican and Puerto Rican culture it's, re- it's very much this rhetoric of like, gracias a Dios, like, thank God that mm-hmm. you do have a job, you know, yeah. like, be grateful that, like, you do have this, that you, you did graduate, and it's like, I am grateful, but, like, you could be grateful and still want more, and I think that's something that I've, like, that I've had to learn and really accept for myself, that me wanting more is not being disrespectful to God in any type of way, I'm actually... I'm actually showing up to him that I know that I deserve more. Yeah. Um, but really changing that mentality of how you see yourself and how that correlates with your finances mm-hmm. has been a journey and I'm sure it's going to continue to be. Yeah. I love that. That's a yeah. good, um, that's a good perspective right there. So to wrap up, I want to ask you, what is your dinero glow tip or if just a typical like life glow tip, whichever. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I said earlier, I think, for a lot of people, saving money is a true struggle. Um, and I would say just automate, automate your savings, at least for one account. Um, as, as little as like 1% of what you make, if it's 10 or $10, $20, it's just, it's just nurturing that habit mm. to start saving. Yeah. Um, because money management is really not about how much you make, it's how, much you, how you manage it. Yeah. And I'm sure people have seen all types of memes on that on social media, but it really is that. Like, how are you nurturing that habit? Um, so when you do level up in your life, your habits are already up there. 
Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. I'm going to have to go back and listen to that and write it down (laughs) in my journal. Um, And what is on your Dinero's ghost list for this year? Uh, February's flown by. It's almost over. But for this year, what are some goals you have in terms of your your money journey? So my money journey. So right, I have, I definitely want to be able to pay off at least more than 50% of my student loan debt in the next year. Um, I'll be more than happy to graduate um, grad school and be under like 5K mm-hmm. in student loans. Like that would be beautiful. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, but I also do want to move out. Like I'm in that process of like saving up. And that's why that, that conversation early, I'm like, yeah, yeah. That's, it's a real struggle. Um, so I think that's my number one priority right now mm-hmm. is how – how am I going to be able to manage my money in a completely different way, in a way that I haven't done before? And I think there's going to be a lot of growth and a lot of learning with myself and patience with myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to be a different money conversation for sure. Nice. And I saw that you're doing some events, showing up at the Nero Chronicles representing. So I want to see what events you have coming up. If you want to share with the listeners, maybe they'll come through. Sure. Um, so I have my first Dinero Chronicles partnering, um, event partnering with We Ceremony. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Yo Quiero Dinero Economic Resilience. And so mm-hmm. it's a space for female-identified um, women X space where we can really go in and talk about um, kind of like our Dinero Chronicle and, and how childhood trauma or like financial trauma has taken effect into your money management and your dinero chronicle right now mm-hmm. but um and i'll be going a little bit more about my story which is something that i haven't shared on my platform yet mm-hmm. on the at the event but i was also very um i've been very vocal about the fact that i'm not a financial advisor mm-hmm. nor am i trying to be because i'm not yeah. trying to get i'm not trying to be get sued out here yeah um, for sure but <laughs> take everything thing. with a grain of salt with love yep. and hugs. that's yep. it <laughs> um so it was very intentional. Um, we both were about half of the event having women of color financial advisors come in and actually answer questions that our audience will have. Mm-hmm. So half of the event will be like that. It'll be set up for where we can talk about, yes, these, these are our emotions. This is what happens for our money. But okay, but how, what can I actually do yeah. to like change that trajectory? So that's going to be the setup of the event. I'm very excited. It's next Thursday. Um, the link it's at my it's on my bio on the Inner Chronicles. And if you guys have any questions, just feel free to DM me. Nice. And where can we find you online? So you can find me at the Inner Chronicles on Instagram. Um, I also have my email there. So if you have any questions or anything that you don't just don't want to share through DM, I'm more than open and I'm always um, willing to respond. Awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Haley. Thank you for coming on a second time to record. <laughs> Anytime. Uh, just real quick, listeners, this is the second time we're doing this conversation because last time, the second half of this did not record. And I literally, I think my lips turned white. Like I, we got off the call and I was like about to faint. And I said to Haley, I'm like, Haley, oh my God, it didn't record. <laughs> oh my God, it's okay. I'm like, no, it's not. But anyways, we're both, you know, flexible and resilient. And here we are. Yep. Um, this is going to be locked and loaded and on the airwaves in no time. So thank you so much again for your time. I'm actually really excited for your events. I'm going to see if I can make them. 
motherhood what? gets in the way sometimes. <laughs> she always says it's like crazy for me. But um, thank you so much for sharing all that awesome information. And I look forward to collabing with you in the future. Perfect. Me too. All right. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Glow Up Effect podcast. If you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe and leave a review. If you love this episode, please share with your friends and family and tell them to check out the Glow Up Effect. Lastly, if you don't already, please check me out on Instagram at the Glow Up Effect.